Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, yesterday in both the Patreon and regular feeds, I had a new special interview episode with Darren Lee Cole, the artistic director of the Soho Playhouse, and Alexander Wright. They are the co-creators and co-directors of the new uh, site-specific immersive theatrical event called Tammany Hall that is opening up or or starting performances this Friday at the Soho Playhouse. Um, It was a great conversation. It is basically taking the entire Soho Playhouse, like every single physical inch of that space and turning it into the historic Tammany Hall on election night 1929 centered around the race for the New York uh, New York mayorship dumb hood yeah exactly Uh, (laughs) folks like uh, Fiorella LaGuardia are there um, Jimmy Walker who's the incumbent um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and and many more people are there. It sounds like an absolutely amazing time. And one of the fun That's things fun, that yeah. I learned in this interview is that the actual building where the Soho Playhouse is, the the, the physical building, was the social club for Tammany Hall yeah. at that time. So mm-hmm. this is actually a place where some of these folks might have actually, actually been, partied. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, almost they said that some of the characters in there were reported to have had a secret love nest in the penthouse. So Ooh. I'm very excited to see that um, when I'm in town next month. Great, great conversation. And like I said in the uh, in the episode in my intro like i don't like interactive stuff like audience participation but i love this kind of thing where like you can just go and be in the world it's such a different thing than audience participation to me for some reason but regardless bring back the love nest at soho playhouse i feel like that's a necessity (laughs) that could be the audience participation Yeah, that's a little sleep no more action yeah, there, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. The show with the masks. Everyone, yeah. Every show is a show with the masks now, though, too. That's a very good point. <laughs> and now I don't have to, I have to figure out what it's really called. Um, but, of course, you could have heard that episode first on Patreon.com slash Broadway, Radio Broadway, Radio.com slash Patreon. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But first, Ashley, let's get into the first of, I believe, four opening nights that we're going to have this week. Oh, my God. I know. Late nights for us. We're recording uh, a little bit later than normal because of that. Um, But we are going to start with the reviews for Is This a Room, which is, of course, the play that originally played the Vineyard Theater back in 2019. Um, It is based off of the actual verbatim transcripts of the interviews between the FBI and Reality Winner, Um, Reality Winner, who was eventually um charged imprisoned and actually just released from prison yeah. in July spoiler alert it was conceived by Tina Sater who was also serving as the director um in the show and apparently an absolutely fabulous star turn as reality winner uh, Emily Davis is the star of the show and the reviews all came in kind of like we expected them to based off of how well it was received off Broadway starting with Jesse Green who made the show a New York Times critic pick writing quote How does mind-numbing banality become heart-racing excitement? In This Is a Room, the transcript is only the starting point. point. More salient is the way the production, conceived and directed by Tina Sater, views the document through an expressionistic lens, allowing Emily Davis in a heartbreaking performance to make words into windows in a world of interior terror. 
Green continues, quote, The superb lighting by Thomas Dunn and sound by Lee Kenny and Sinai Amada are just two weapons in Sater's arsenal of disorienting effects, aiming, as she recently told the New York Times, to imagine what reality is feeling second by second. She avoids naturalism, which would hide those feelings, there's barely a set, in favor of an almost sculptural abstraction, increasing and abating tension by the shaping and massing of bodies in space. Jesse Green in the New York Times always making this far more um, uh, academic and wordy than it needs to be. (laughs) But you get the point there. Um, Very strong production. Going over to Naveen Kumar writing for Variety. uh, Quote, Consider, is this a room, a ripped from the headlines tale that pries beneath the ink, ratcheting in so close to the events in question that their particulars fall out of focus. What's under Sater's microscope aren't the facts, but their cosmic resonance and mundane imprints on the body, sweat behind the knees, a gentle but persistent cough, uh, conscience, power, the providence of truth. A coy and unnerving dance begins the moment three FBI agents approach Winner's door to the tune of feigned innocence. In a stunning and uncannily uncannily naturalistic star turn from Emily Davis, Winner is much like a typical 25-year-old, a bit jumpy, flighty, even devoted to her anxious rescue dog, carb-crazed cat, and competitive fitness. And finally, Adam Feldman from Time Out in New York gave the show four out of five stars, saying, quote, Is this a room still has a movingly human presence at its core? Davis gives a performance of heart-wrenching rawness and lucidity as you watch her dissolve from the inside. What emerges with force is a sympathetic and specific portrait of a young woman trying to do the right thing in a very wrong time. This is a spare show, but Sater doesn't have to add much to the text to keep us fastened in. Reality is interesting enough. I see what you did there, Adam. Hey, that was, a pl- that was real that was, nice. That was, that was a good. play on words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I believe, Ashley, I don't know if you even know this. Tomorrow, mm. Grace has seen the show, so yes, she is going to talk about her thoughts on the show tomorrow. Obviously, she's not here today, and she had to wait till the embargo was up and was officially opened. Um, we, you, and I have talked about this show a lot. One, the fact that I was felt like a big old dummy then when i was offered tickets off broadway i didn't go because i was already had my field schedule but i'm very much looking forward to this um this is such a unique and weird show especially paired with dana h which will open later this week um i'm very excited that this found its way to broadway not necessarily because as you tweeted earlier on monday that all off broadway things need to be on broadway to be justified But I, I, I'm glad that this made it to Broadway for the sheer fact that it amplifies a show that is doing something different yeah, than a lot of other things and can hopefully spread the word about a show that is breaking boundaries and saying that, oh, this is not just a weird downtown thing. This can be commercially at least viable enough to make it to the Great White Way. Definitely. And the same kind of goes with Dana H, too. I'm really glad to see these reviews. Um, and I think it was... I only got to read one before we actually recorded. I think it was the Variety review that was kind of talking about how is it, how it was adapted um, from off-Broadway to Broadway and kind of like that it's become a little bit more expansive in terms of the set, which makes sense. Or, you know, the set... And the, they didn't add a lot to the set, but they've kind of had to play with the bigger stage in this case. I you know, the vineyard yeah, you theaters. Gotta, you the vineyard fill the theater space. doesn't really have a stage. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was, I'm really relieved to see this because of 
all it's really hard for me to picture this show on a Broadway stage. Um, when I saw it at the Vineyard in 2019, I guess that was, which I, I can't even fathom time anymore. <laughs> um, I thought that was like 2017 at this point. Um, when I saw it at the Vineyard, I, it was just so tense and intimate because one, you're so close to the quote unquote stage in that venue, but also just the way that the show is constructed and as all the reviews kind of mentioned and is verbatim, there are coughs, there are stutters. You're kind of in the tension with the performers second by second. And it's a really fascinating thing to watch and a really anxiety inducing thing to watch for that matter. Uh, And I didn't know and still don't really know how that's going to translate on Broadway. It seems like the way that they've done it um, and sound was a really big part of the off Broadway uh, production as well. It seems like they've managed to fill the theater here, which honestly is a feat because it's a small cast. Yeah. It's something that is a little bit weird, uh, is a little bit experimental, very, very downtown. And it is not something that I ever expected to see on Broadway, but I'm so glad that I get to see it again because I, I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. I've waxed poetic about it many times on this show, In, including just now. Um, just what's now. interesting, <laughs> what's interesting about you talking about the coughs and the reviews talked about it too. To mm-hmm. the coughs and the the you know the kind of uh, naturalistic pauses and ums and stuff that happen in normal conversation words, it reminds yeah, yeah it, it reminds me a little bit and these are two completely different shows but at least the 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 way that they're presented reminds me a little bit of um Oh, Annie Baker's The Flick, where they had oh, yeah, these, definitely. they had these pauses, um, and really naturalistic dialogue built into the script. Like I remember seeing The For Flick sure. down here in Orlando, where like you go two, three minutes with no one talking and they're just mm-hmm. kind of sitting there. And I was wrapped. Like I was eating that up. So I'm very excited to see yeah, how this kind of that. plays with a similar idea, but, um, in a different way. But mm-hmm. all right, let's keep moving here, Ashley. And earlier I mentioned our Patreon. That is where we are doing some, uh, some different stuff, uh, especially as we get into the, you know, I guess more normal times of theaters reopening. We're going to be getting mm-hmm. back to normal here in the regular feed. We're going to be talking about all of the news and everything that's coming up, but we will be dropping interviews in the regular feed, but you will always be able to get them first in Patreon. Then that's also where we do our review roundups and uh, some special episodes and discussions going there as well. As I mentioned yesterday, Jennifer McHugh and I are going to get back into some sort of regular habit of doing some like pop episodes. We will first be coming up Fun. later this month. Yeah, with... um. We'll be talking about Ted Lasso and only murders in the building once that season wraps up. I'm going to be staying up until midnight on Monday night so I can watch that uh, next episode, only murders in the building. Get into it soon. Get into it soon. It's so, so good. Um, so you want to be on our Patreon. The, you don't have to donate an arm and a leg every month. Although if you have an arm and a leg to spare, we would certainly take it, but we want to have you as part of the family that helps keep Broadway radio sustained and moving forward. So head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right. Actually, we did not do it yesterday because we had two Broadway show reviews to get through and had a ton of news. So Mm. let's talk this week as we get into the theatrical week uh, after the dark day on Monday and talk about things that are going to be beginning performances or opening throughout the next calendar week. 
Starting tomorrow on Wednesday, there's actually a, a number of things happening. The first is the official opening night of Thoughts of a Colored Man. Um, that one uh, eventually moved up its its opening night. It had originally been scheduled to, be, to open at the Golden Theater on, um, I believe, on Halloween, but moved up to the 13th. It, that only happened a couple weeks after Keith David had to depart the production. So it's really interesting how quickly they're turning this around. I'm sure we can all speculate as to why that is. I imagine the mm. reviews for this will be fairly strong, so hopefully they are going to use those to increase some of their box office advance. But also happening on Wednesday is the, I guess, reopening of Girl from the North Country over at the Belasco Theater. The thing is, that did officially open pre-pandemic, but it was only a couple days, not very many Tony voters um, or anybody got to see it. The reviews were really, really strong, and they've had a significant principal cast change since then. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually do a new opening night. I have not heard of that as of yet. Um, And as of now, there's not one listed anywhere, but they will begin performances on Wednesday night at the Belasco. Then on Thursday, the 14th, we will have the official opening night for the Lehman Trilogy that will be happening over at the uh, the Nederlander Theater. This, of course, originally played in New York, at least off Broadway at uh, up uptown at the Fort uh, uh, Park Avenue Armory. Mm. Um, that's where I saw it, and it was absolutely a stunning production. Even though it was three hours and had multiple intermissions, it was absolutely gripping show. And I'd be interested to see um, what people think of it in an actually a much smaller space than it played off Broadway, which is usually the right. converse yeah, the of how it's done um, when shows come from off Broadway to Broadway. Then also this week, um, coming up on Saturday, we have the return of uh, Ain't Too Proud uh, coming back to the Imperial Theater. That, of course, has been a a long-running show and will be returning to performances on Broadway on Saturday. Then real quick, I want to run through some of the stuff happening off-Broadway. Tonight, Morning Sun will be beginning performances at New York City Center. That is an MTC uh, production. Also, uh, starting performances this week that'll be happening on Thursday is the new um, Douglas Carter Bean Show Fairy Cakes, mm-hmm. which is the one that has this incredibly um, star-studded cast and is yeah. based on some fairy tales. That'll be uh, being done over at um, the Greenwich uh, Greenwich House, which used to be uh, the Barrow Street Theater, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So that's happening later this week. We will also have the play that goes wrong officially reopening at New World Stages. Um, and uh, yeah, that should wrap up most of the stuff um, for Off-Broadway that we want to talk about. So a busy, busy week, Good Ashley. God. Hey, <laughs> This is great. This is what we want. I know it is. But simultaneously, as we're sitting here recording at 9.30 at night, as opposed to 7 o'clock, I've got to do my stretches. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. It happens. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I got to start doing my stretches, stay hydrated, do all the things uh, to prepare for an opening season again. It's wild. I feel like I'm out of shape. (laughs) I am out of shape, but I feel like I'm out of shape. Even more so. Well, and what's crazy is that we're, this is not normally what we have in the fall. You know, normally I we know, have a handful of things. Exactly, but, yeah. But this is so, such a different, weird thing coming out of the pandemic. We're going to have this one in the fall. 
and then another one in the spring. So you're not going to get much time. So you better take like December, even though there was a couple things in there, December and January to get in shape because it's going to be more or less nonstop openings from now until late. I've, I've got a personal trainer now. I'll just, okay. I'll, that, I'll, I'll work that into my fitness routine. Nice. I'll be like, Very hey, good. I've got Broadway show openings. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a couple other bits of news here real quick. Just small little things. Uh, it was announced yesterday in a New York Post article that Ellen's Stardust Diner will be reopening in November after more than 18 months since the world-famous singing waitstaff last performed in their Times Square restaurant. Um, I know a lot of people dislike Ellen's. I know a mm. lot of people think that it is cheesy and a tourist trap, and it absolutely is. It is all those things, yeah. <laughs> but I really enjoy it. I have taken student groups there. I've gone there on my own. And I got to tell you, like, it's actually, you know, it's fairly decent, like, franchise, you know, cut and paste, you know, food, but it's not super expensive. It's not, it's not much more expensive than you would get at like a Friday's or something in Times Square. Yeah. So I actually like it. And it's a, it's a, uh, a good place for tourists to go if they want to see something a little different, uh, than just, uh, the normal, you know, big box stuff that you're going to find in and around Times Square. And then finally, the Outer Critics Circle announced their award schedule for 2022. The nominator's cutoff date, which is basically when shows have to open to be considered, will be April 24th. The nominations will be announced on the 26th, and the OCC awards will be presented on May 16th. All right, Ashley, that's all we have. I don't really have any feel-good recommendations. It was such a quiet day because of the Indigenous People holiday. We're not going to mention the other holiday that has to do with the town that I was born in. Yeah. Yeah. National Coming Out Day, you mean? Yeah. Yes, that's it. Why do we have to have so many things on one day? Why can't we spread these things out? And yet I still didn't have Monday off. Like, (laughs) why is is that? Same. Anyway. Um, But... My feel-good recommendation is the interview that I did with Darren and Alex that is in your podcast feeds that you can listen to now. It's pretty good. All right, everybody. That's all that we have. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Grace and I will be back to talk to you tomorrow. And uh, if you see some feel-good recommendations out there, uh, send them our way because we were a little short today. 